Today on Culture Zero Mighty Guild of Geeks, we talk about Johnny Crossbones by Les McLean. Welcome to Culture Zoo episode 14 of A Mighty Guild of Geeks. I'm Levi. And I'm Roslyn. And uh, tonight we are talking about what, of course, everyone is talking about um, over the past couple of weeks, um, the the geek event of the year. Um, No, we're not talking about Batman v Superman. I was just going to say, have you seen it? I have not. I haven't seen Out of protest. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I've actually heard it's better than Man of Steel, which I hated Man of Steel. I didn't see Man of Steel out of protest, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're really protesting Zack Snyder. We're really hurting like, the movie <laughs> yeah. industry, the two of us. I don't know. It's interesting. I, so I know one person who says it's the best superhero movie ever. Who? Was well, it Jack? No. <laughs> no. Jack sides with me usually on this, but um, I don't know. I, I I was really optimistic about Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Did you you didn't never saw it? I didn't see it because I thought the previews looked really dumb. It oh, just so you, looked so Hollywood. I saw to me. This. <laughs> Jack's giving commentary from the hallway. Um, I saw the yeah the previews actually looked really good to me. For Man of Steel. Yeah. But I should have guessed because it was basically like one long preview. Like there was <laughs> so many scenes that were clearly just made for like the trailer. Like really cool lines. Yeah. <laughs> you will lead them, kal <laughs> They will join you in the sun. <laughs> you know. And so there was – it was it was almost cut together like a trailer. Like all out of order and stuff. Huh. But um, then I saw it and I've never wanted a movie to end so badly in my life. <laughs> Like it's Didn't it go so, on for a really long it time? It goes on for such a long time. And there's a point after like an hour of just destruction and noise and um, carnage. And and you there's a moment of like rest mm-hmm. where Superman and Zod are looking at each other and like Zod's defeated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Superman's like, it's over, Zod. And and I'm like, thank you. Please let it be over. Credits. And and Zod decides no, he's going out in a blaze of glory for another forty five minutes, basically. Oh. And I was just so please make it end at that point. I was just like, stop. And we're done. And That's we're the done. Worst. Yeah, it was I I actually the first twenty minutes of the movie I liked. Yeah. And then after that it just quickly grew to totally Do you think intrigued. the guy who plays Superman? What's that? Is oh, that sorry. It's Tyrant. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say Is this a valuable one? Sorry. This one is very close to Charlie's heart. We're sorry. Oh, we have sorry. a Pokemon card here. I will destroy it. <laughs> Although Charlie doesn't take good care of him. Mm-mm. It's um, already bent in half. I he know. did that. Um, so anyway, so I felt like they got – there's a reason I'm talking about this mm-hmm. before we talk about what we're actually going to talk about. Yeah. But I feel like Superman is a character that – that if you want to be like a Frank Miller, like mm-hmm. modern kind of take on superheroes, mm-hmm. Superman is a character that really doesn't work very well in that. Or the way they try to make him, 
Someone compared Superman, this, uh, the the new Superman and Batman films, to now Superman is Batman and Batman mm. is double Batman. Right, like he's <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so like uh, Superman's angry and troubled right, and dark and right. brooding, and Batman so is twice as angry Superman. and dark, because dark and brooding. Just the fact that like his uniform, yeah. like you can't look brooding in that red and blue like happy. Uniform. Well, they try to make it look all now they're all wearing like onesies. If you've noticed, <laughs> they've taken away the outer underwear. They're hipsters yeah so they're all they're hipsters. like in rompers <laughs> yeah so it but it doesn't work i mean mm-hmm. it just i i think we're the only two people in the world who really like superman returns for a, reason. i feel like i'm a crazy person yeah. like because i think they that, that was like a modern take on superman that worked yeah. because was like, he was his they wholesome, got the character like yeah. shy kind but he was also really strong and cool and brave yeah. like I loved that Superman. Mm -hmm. So sad they never made another one. Yeah, he's just a character that works best in the age that Mm -hmm. of kind of like Like the the 40s 40s. and 50s. And there's certain people who I feel like have done wonderful Superman stories in modern times. Mm -hmm. Like All-Star Superman, I think, Mm -hmm. is a perfect take on Superman. Yeah, that one was good. And... um, Alan Moore has done some really good. He's the guy who wrote Watchmen, surprisingly. Hmm. But he gets Superman as a character. He's written some really good Superman stories. Um, and um, that are, that are you know, fun, but also meaningful, but they work. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, nobody gets... It's like they feel right. obligated to use Superman, but they don't get him at all as He's a character. He's like an icon, and they just make him whoever they want without yeah. trying to... It's to way Superman. too serious yeah. and, and boring for a character who should be like really, really fun. Right. I think we should do a Superman episode pretty soon, just yeah. kind of talking about the character because I feel like go through like the many ages of Superman. Yeah, or just talk about like how how we think about the character. Cause I, not I like Superman. It's really cool to be into to Batman these days, and Batman's yeah. fine, but I, I like Superman. I don't love Batman. We talked about this in our mm-hmm. Batman comic book one, but I like some Batman. But he's not definitely he's just, not. He's not a girl superhero, for sure. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, maybe he's like cute or attractive. I don't know. He's never. Well, he's just never done it for me. Like, yeah, too dark, too brooding. Not my thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, he has no powers. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's a, we were raised in a weird like because yeah. I didn't read a lot of modern comic books, and I really do find modern comic books to be very just. Um, Unappealing, yeah. I guess you could say there, especially once you hit the nineties. Yeah, like the eighties was a good decade for comics. The seventies was really good. I feel like for mm-hmm. comics, especially like DC comics, and then you get into like the nineties, and everything's just really ugly, mm-hmm. and everyone's way too muscular. Mm-hmm. Everything's just like and the ladies are like uh, the ladies are like way objectified. <laughs> yeah, they're way too like explicit. Yeah, um, and way overly sexualized. Yeah. It is funny because even when they were wearing leotards back in like yes. the '60s and stuff, they weren't. They were very wholesome leotards in yeah, a weird I mean, you sort of way. Do a leotard wholesome? Well, they just didn't emphasize like when the artists would draw them. They didn't emphasize like their their lady parts. Yeah. Like they didn't shove them in your face yeah. as much as like now. It's just like how sexual of a yeah. pose can I strike in this? That's like reminds me of the Galaxy Quest. Movie <laughs> yeah. She's like everyone just wonders how I can fit myself into my suit. Like that's a great movie yeah. on. Superheroes. There's a really anyway. So what we are actually talking about tonight is not Batman versus Superman because we are talking about something I'm pretty sure nobody's ever heard of. But I love it. Yeah, it's super hip, and it's a it's a comic that I feel like 
is how you sh- how comics should be. Yes. Like it gets what the like it gets the fun side of comics, but it does it in a way that takes characters seriously, mm-hmm. has good art. It's it's something that's clearly for for young people, but also will work for adults. But takes yeah, but but is written in a way that yeah. that doesn't treat them that doesn't talk down to them. But you could hand it to your five year old, and yeah. you wouldn't be like, oh, this I have to like rip yeah. this page out. <laughs> yeah, or this is clearly some. It's clearly written by someone mm-hmm. who's writing for forty year old people. You know, who right. are who who grew up reading comics, but now they want like you know. Modern critiques mm-hmm. of capitalism, or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, this is something that's like an adventure, yeah. and it's it, and that's why I think like, you know, it works wonderfully. You know, that's how comics generally got started as adventure mm-hmm. stories, mm-hmm. and that's why I feel like those are my favorites. So right. tonight we won't keep you in suspense any longer. Dun, dun, dun. We are talking about, of course, Johnny Crossbones. We all, yes. Which everyone's heard of. Everyone said, ah. Uh, Johnny Crossbones. So it's interesting because usually when I do uh, research for an episode, I at least have kind of a Wikipedia page to work off of. Oh, yeah. Um, there's nothing? Well, there's a little bit, but because it's such an obscure comic, um, it's it's just not – there's not a lot of information on it mm-hmm. um, or even the author, Les McLean. Um, who I hope to get on the show at some point. I would love to. I'd love to talk to him. He lives up in Portland, so I don't know how I missed him when I was up there. I know. You could have, like, seen his stuff. I know. I'm very disappointed by that. That would be really cool. But, so here's how I first discovered Johnny Crossbones. Um, I love Tintin. Yeah. As you do, too, right? Yeah. We've we've done an episode on Tintin. We should do another episode on Tintin. Yeah. Um, But I was looking up the the art style like doing research into the art style of Lean Claire, mm-hmm. which is if you're if you haven't listened to that Tintin episode, we talked a little bit about it. But it's a style of um, of art um, that is was made popular by Tintin. It's kind of the Belgian style of doing comics, <laughs> I guess. Um, that he really there's a lot of Belgians it. out there that yeah, it's not really common. I think it's more European to yeah. draw that way, yeah. kind of like how Japan animation or uh, you know anime, uh-huh, uh-huh. where you have um, it's like a it's a very distinct mm-hmm. style. The, like the European style is also very distinct, hmm. um, and it's it's a it's I don't it's not really common. I think because it probably takes a lot of work to yeah, do. And you actually have to be a really good artist because even mm-hmm. though it's simple, the perspective is like always right on mm-hmm. and. That's There's really a lot hard of detail. To do. Yeah. Basically, the way Lean Claire is is that um, you don't you give kind of the way you do it is you give all your lines equal weight. Mm-hmm. So if you notice when you read, say, um, a comic book, there's they're using like a brush made mm-hmm. to ink it. So your lines can go from very thick to very tiny and thin. There's a lot of like texture and lines. Mm-hmm. Lean Claire, you don't do that. You you are using, I believe, to ink it just like a normal kind of nib right. pen. And um, the lines are all the same weight, and the backgrounds are all fully rendered, yeah. which is another big point. Um, which is so fun for a comic. Yeah. I don't know why. I've always found that style to be really comforting. It's so appealing. It really appealing. Just so, yeah, comforting to read. Like, you mm-hmm. just, it's just calming feeling. Maybe it's the Tintin, but what I just yeah, maybe get... Maybe it's just Tintin. <laughs> I just get lost reading Tintin stories because mm-hmm. because the art is has so many... Um, kind of layers to it that I can just find myself looking at a panel on Tintin mm-hmm. and just getting kind of lost 
in the details of and it. And they're so beautiful in a simple way. Like, yeah, you can get lost in it, even though it's so simple. You just want to look at it. It, don't, it draws your eye really nicely. Do you remember the book we had this growing up, uh, People by Peter Spear? Yes, I love that guy. Yeah, I love, I love that... all of his like Ilsa books. Yeah, so he did he, like Noah's Ark and yeah, a couple m- other ones. The one I loved by him, I love all his books, but he it almost reminds me of that where I remember reading that book as a young kid mm-hmm. and just getting kind of lost in the mm-hmm. illustrations because he would put so much detail. Yeah, into all it. the people are doing stuff. There's little dogs running by. Yeah, it's so fun oh, to man, look I at. I wish I could find. I'm looking it up right now, but there's there's a picture in People that really sticks in my mind where mm-hmm. he's talking about. Yeah, just the variety. Oh, yeah, those faces. Yeah. I remember those. <laughs> yeah, there's just like a, the variety of the world we live in. And mm-hmm. he draws a picture of like a, a busy city, like mm. a street. And he puts so much detail into all the restaurants. Like you look everywhere and it's not – It's there's there's so much to look at. And it's kind of what reminds me of Tintin and the way he would draw uh, – Hergé would draw <laughs> – yeah. was that he would do a panel but there's always so much detail mm-hmm. in it that every panel – um, it just it, it kind of maybe maybe why I like it so much is that you just feel like you're in a very fully realized world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like there's just you know indiscriminate kind of blank backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, and that that's time consuming stuff to draw. I oh think gosh, you know. Yeah. Um, we always like to go for um, you know when I'm drawing you you like drawing people and mm-hmm. like the big heroic poses mm-hmm. and stuff and backgrounds. Are tedious and they're hard. And they're hard. They're really hard. Yeah, because you don't think you, you always you spend so much time thinking, "What does a face look like? Yeah. How do I draw a hand?" You know. But the thing, the cool thing with a face is, like, if you draw a face and it doesn't look exactly like what you yeah. want it to look like, it still looks like a face, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, she just looks different," or yeah. "Oh, that turned out different." But if you try to draw a chair and it a doesn't chair. look like yeah. a chair, <laughs> everyone knows it doesn't look like yeah. a chair. Like, exactly. it just looks like. Mm-hmm. garbage mm-hmm. so I think that's what's so challenging is it people is. know what objects are supposed to look like and yeah. how a room is supposed to look and then yeah exactly how a room is put together you can't mess it up and yeah. be like oh it's art and also <laughs> <laughs> and also just little things little details that go into making a room like mm-hmm. you know you have do you have wainscoting mm-hmm. well that takes you know usually what you'll Goes like I'm just gonna draw a room, and you draw like four blank walls, and you're like, wait a second, you know, does the window have, yeah. you know, does the window have a trim around it? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of panes does it have? And how to put those things, those tiny details yeah. in, in a way that you can, your brain can identify them, mm-hmm. but it's not overpowering everything. Like yeah. there's the door isn't overly detailed, so yeah. it looks ridiculous. Uh huh. But you can glance at it and see yeah. there's a door with a panel and it looks like this. Like yeah. your brain gets it. Yeah. That's really hard. It's really hard. You know, it's an interesting <laughs> exercise to do um, that I did recently. I was in San Francisco and I had like forever, like hours to kill. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went into uh, St. Patrick's, St. Francis Catholic Church downtown um, and drew the altar. Hmm. Which, like, a Catholic altar is so detailed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was a really fun exercise. But just going into kind of, mm-hmm. you know, Catholic or, you know, liturgical churches where they have, you know, ornate stuff going on. And then trying to pick which details to draw, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how it's all to going to hang it together. Sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, that was a fun exercise to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, 
anyway, so back to Johnny Crossbones. So this story. Um, so anyway, so I was researching. Oh yeah, Lean Claire. Lean Claire. And um, I noticed in the Wikipedia page on Lean Claire, which is the depth of my research, when I was in the library, buried in old dusty books, pouring through I these was archives. In my, what do yeah. they call that? Uh, peer-reviewed study. <laughs> yeah. When I was conducting my <laughs> dissertation on Lean Claire. Um, no, uh, I, I noticed that they said a mo- an example of Lean Claire um, was Johnny Crossbones. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the heck is Johnny Crossbones? Um, which this, I believe, was nominated for an Eisner Award, which uh, okay. the Eisner Awards are kind of the, the Oscars of comics. Okay. Um, and this in for best web comic. Okay. So I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And so I Googled Johnny Crossbones, and lo and behold, it was a web comic. And I personally had never really read web comics before. Yeah. I don't like reading. On this was pre-tablet, so this yeah. was probably maybe 2008 when I oh, did this. Wow. This was a while ago, yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and so the the best option you had was like a laptop, mm-hmm. and that's not very fun. But I was really hooked by this. Mm-hmm. I this immediately arrested my attention, um, and it was basically a you know I was hooked ever since. Now, the frustrating thing about Johnny Crossbones mm-hmm. is this – you have the equivalent of maybe like three full issues. <laughs> yeah, No, it's about three – Three good-sized like, comic issues. It's hard to say. I wouldn't say good-sized. I'd say like medium-sized Yeah, comic we're getting issues. close to maybe a Tintin book. Um, yeah, I think content. Tintins are what? 60 pages. Yeah, so They're it's probably s- about that. I think, yeah. And this has been being published since 2004. Oh, gosh. So it's – that's and there was – it recently started back up, which is one of the reasons I'm really excited about yeah. it because there was a good three years, I think, mm-hmm. where a, a, it just kind of left off at a cliffhanger <laughs> and like, just oh. in the middle of mid-sentence and, <laughs> and nothing came like, out. I know he has more. Yeah. There's got, oh, I was just so scared that he was not – he right. was just going to stop. stop. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it is funny though because that's how – Hergé used to do it too because he released those in a in, in a magazine or a mm-hmm. newspaper. But a lot of the other ones would come out in Tintin magazine. So mm-hmm. maybe this is kind of the experience of Tintin's readers. Mm-hmm. I know they'd you know they'd stop, mm-hmm. and if you notice, even Tintin's kind of would always leave off at almost a little cliffhanger mm-hmm. at the end of each page, yeah, or at certain points. Um, so so yeah, so it is interesting to l- l- have a read a story over years. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, coming out maybe, you know, one panel. Yeah, isn't it like kind of one page at a time? That's that's right now. Right now, he's on the schedule of releasing every a page every Wednesday, which is still like a page a week. Yeah, a page a week is a slow <laughs> way to read a comic. Um, but it's uh, it's um, isn't it his kind of like his pet project? Though? Yeah, it's a side project. Yeah. I don't think he makes much money off of it. Or I don't know how yeah, he would make any money. I don't. Yeah, you're There's giving no... it away for free. There's nothing on his website. There's no advertisements or anything. Yeah. That I so, noticed. yeah. So, thank you, Les, yeah. for uh, for continuing this over you know it, twelve years. Yeah. Was it twelve years? What would that be? No, you said two thousand four. So. Yeah, twelve, 12 years. years. Yeah, yeah. About twelve years. Um, <clears throat> and it's interesting is his art has stayed pretty consistent. It has. I think it's yeah. almost on the dot. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, it's it's he's not doing the Jeff Smith bone thing. No, you, all of a sudden I, everyone's I, I getting. I was kind of looking for that because yeah. I knew it was over a long period, and it's not it's not even like rough in the beginning. Yeah. It's not like oh, this first couple mm-hmm. panels are rough. Yeah. Now it's getting better. It's been like really consistent. No, he starts off strong. Yeah, and, and it doesn't let up. And yeah, the last the, nobody's ugly yet. Yeah, no Gretchen's still pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the last few panels he just did are actually really, really good. Yeah, he's doing a sunset. Beautiful. Scene. Yeah, really good coloring. Um, so let's uh, maybe just kind of talk about the story here. Okay. Um, also, do you think that's his real name? Is it his real name? Les McLean. Yeah, sounds kind of like a pen name. I don't know. No. Maybe he'll we tell could us. Ask him. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, so so the story, do you want to kind of give an overview yeah. of the story? Having so it just opens, read it recently. Yeah. When did you read this? Because so you were not reading along with You me. mentioned it maybe a couple weeks ago, a month ago. Mm-hmm. You said you should go read Johnny Crossbones. And I went on and I read it, and I read it all, like, in two nights because mm-hmm. I have no self-control. So I just, like, binged it, and I absolutely loved it. Um and then just tonight I was reading it again. I didn't get all the way through it, but I was reading again. And I feel like I kind of just read it so fast that I was missing clues. Mm. But I have uh, some more clues this time. So that okay. was fun. Yeah. But anyways, it opens with a scene of um, a pirate. Kind of looks like Captain Haddock's grandfather, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he, they're bearing treasure. And uh, he's a bad pirate because he's going to kill everybody. Once so they Captain carry... Bill Strangler. Yes, it's a good pirate name. Bill Strangler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's gonna um, he's gonna kill everyone once they're now that they've dug this big hole for him, and then it turns out it's a dream, and we meet Johnny Crossbones, who is an interesting character. Yeah. So the thing about Johnny um, is he's a normal guy. Yeah. Seems like a very normal guy. Super He's normal. a car mechanic. That's his job with his best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like a, but he is a skeleton. But he's not no, even he's not a, a skeleton. skeleton. I would say he's a skeleton, but it's no, not a hundred percent. Sometimes I think he's a guy wearing a full body suit. Yeah. So he's drawn. It looks like yeah. He's. He's completely black, except he has like white skeleton markings on his face yeah, and, his and his arms. arms. So it looks like he's wearing a skin tight suit. Yeah. Um, that he never takes off. Like a scuba suit, kind like of. Like a scuba suit almost that covers his entire face. His hair is completely pitch black. Everything. Hands, yeah. Um, and you never see his mouth open, you never see his eyes or anything like yeah. that. So. You're kind of like, well, what's the deal with John? <laughs> Nobody ever says it. <laughs> but no one acknowledges it. They just like act like he's a normal person. Yeah. And it's funny because there's little Johnny Crossbones. Mm-hmm. I read, read those. That? Yeah. And he's a little kid. It's like him and his friends mm-hmm. from the cartoon as little Still kids. Skeleton. Maybe they just got over it. Like once, you know, you yeah. stop seeing stuff, abnormalities yeah. in people after a while. Exactly. <laughs> um, but there's even a part where he's like eating cereal. And they're like, how do you eat cereal? Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. So the, he's our he's our uh, protagonist, Johnny. Yeah. So it shows him waking up from his dream, and you see him going about his day, getting to the mechanic. Um, yeah, and you see his body like it's just. He's just he a, wears clothes over a scuba suit. Yeah, yeah. And it, I like his outfit. Like he has little gloves. I like his clothes. And I don't know if this is anything that's ever going to be resolved or not. I yeah. wonder if this I is just going to be acknowledged. I know. I feel like I just wonder why he chose to draw him as yeah. A skeleton, or as yeah. this weird guy. Yeah. So he's he's a he's a a guy who 
is just kind of your average Joe. Yeah. Like, you can almost picture him being played like Tom Hanks, you know, in the <clears throat> 80s or something like mm-hmm. that. He's very nice. Or like Peter Parker, kind of. Yeah. Like this unassuming, kind of Yeah, he's kind of a moral. Peter Parker mm-hmm. kind of character. Yeah, Toby exactly. Toby Maguire, Peter Toby Parker. Maguire, Peter Parker, not, not Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> no. um, and so he's he's in this town, and this is one of the things I love about it, mm-hmm. about the place where he lives. It looks almost like it, like some place in like Ohio, some kind of like cool Midwest or like town. Um, maybe Iowa. Portland. Like yeah. the, you know, I've heard I've never been to Iowa City, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what I hear it's like. It's like really old with tons of huge trees yeah. and like lots of but it's like a city, so there's yeah. you know, everything's close, but it's really beautiful. Yeah. That's what I've heard. And the thing I like about this is what what you kind of what kind of becomes clear very quickly is he lives in a town that's a place where adventures happen. Right. And he's not at the center of any of these yeah. adventures yet. But um, it's almost, there's a character, Doc Fivish? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Dr. Fivish is a local kind of celebrity who is this adventurer. Um, and uh, he's, is he an archaeologist or something? It says at one point, but I can't remember. Yeah, and he's, he's basically like Tintin. Right, Tintin in his older age. It's like an old age yeah. Tintin. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he has these comics that oh, Johnny Crossbones reads that are yeah. basically Tintin. Yeah, as far as you know, obviously Tintin. Yeah, and so they're you know they they have uh, you know that's like the secret of the mm-hmm. Pharaoh's curse or something right. like that. It's like very very thin, like I don't know. It just looks exactly like Tintin. Yeah, the covers are designed exactly that way, and yeah. so. Um, but he, but they all these adventures seem to happen when he was a kid, and they're real. Like yeah, this they're, is they like, really happen. Yeah. They're like they're like his his Doc Fivish's adventures, but you never really understand what those are. Right, he's kind of just a background character who um, is more of a mentor to mm-hmm. the heroes of the story. Um, but it's just a it's a world where these adventures happen. Yeah, you know, which is a really cool place. So it's you fun. can yeah, you can kind of get sucked into it. So. Johnny has kind of a chance encounter with Doc Fivish, gets hit by a, a car. Because he's reading the paper that yeah. says a pistol's been stolen from yeah. Doc Fivish's museum. Yeah, so from, from the doctor's museum, uh, a pistol has been stolen mysteriously. Mm-hmm. And the driver looks exactly like Captain Haddock. <laughs> that was the thing I noticed. Like, that's I know. Almost I almost an exact copy of it's, Captain it's Haddock. It's Captain Haddock. Yeah, and there's a couple like shots where I think it's I don't know if it's if he like actually referenced Tintin, mm-hmm. but it's it's like it Johnny Crossbones just moves like Tintin mm-hmm. and crumples like Tintin when he gets well, hit on he, the head when he gets hit by this car. That I feel like I've seen that panel right. from Tintin. Like that's when people mm-hmm. get hit by a car in Tintin. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> also, the one when he gets hit on the head with the kosh and his yeah. legs crumple is oh. it, it's, it is a dead. I I could find yeah. it. I could find it. Yeah. It's somewhere from Tintin. Yeah. So he gets hit by this. Um, by Doc Fivish. I like Holy Crow, is a, <laughs> which is a funny... <laughs> That's what he says. Wailing Washington. What a bump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Holy Crow. Holy Crow, you're Doc Fivish. So uh, as a apology to Johnny, he gives him a ride to his work, and he invites him to a banquet mm-hmm. at his museum. And we also meet the villains of the piece who have stolen 
this pistol from his museum from his museum and I immediately like them because they have little sweat marks coming out of their yeah. head to make them look like they're stressed they're out yeah. like I love that effect for some reason it's yeah. very effective it's a tinted thing I mean, and it's, it's used, such a it's a cartooning thing. thing but yeah it is used a lot Yeah, for some reason it, it looks I mean it's just the art in general yeah. but it just reminds me so much of Tintin and it just is so like expressive and I love the curses in Johnny Crossbones mm-hmm. so these bad guys when they get mad they swear like this is apoplectic piltdown man <laughs> is their curse is what they say when they're mad it's uh, effective it's great yeah it's like blistering barnacles or yeah, something yeah. but um it's much better than just putting like stars and exclamation points mm-hmm. um so they're looking for something inside this pistol for some reason um so johnny goes to work with his friend jupiter and Jupiter, I wonder if he's a tribute to... Did you ever read The Three Musketeers by mm, any chance? I don't think so. You mean like the book or is it a comic? Uh, not The Three Musketeers, The Three Investigators. So, Sorry, no. Yeah, it was, so this was a book I read when I was a kid. It was supposedly written by Alfred Hitchcock, but it was almost oh. certainly ghostwritten. Oh. But it was these stories about The Three Investigators. And the main guy was a guy named Jupiter cool who looked... As described in the comic, a lot like this guy does. Oh. I just wonder if that's a huh. subtle tribute to that. Right. I could be totally wrong. It's not close enough. But anyway, so Jupiter is a is a car mechanic with Johnny, and they work together. And Johnny has tickets to this ball tonight, so Jupiter wants to go to meet cute rich girls. girls. Rich girls. Rich girls. Yeah, rich girls. <laughs> so they're going to go to this ball and try to meet some rich girls. Um, and it's a very like you know black tie. I like this nice shot thing. of the the museum because yeah. it kind of sets the time because all the cars are from the forties, so oh, the time this... period's kind of confusing to me. You're right, but I haven't seen anything that tells me it's modern yet. Well, it, it feels modern because he watches TV later. You're right. It feels modern, but it's but it's the cars are. Well, I guess they're more sixties. Would you uh-huh. say those are like forties or sixties cars? Yeah. Those look sixties, but sixties. Okay. They're kind of all over the place. I wonder if they're just yeah. They're old fashioned, and I don't know. I feel like the time period's not necessarily. Well, no one has modern. like cell phones. No one has cell phones. There's no computers. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so it's it's maybe like 80s? No, if it was 80s. I think it's kind of like an alternate ambiguous. dimension. Yeah, it's ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be super realistic. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so they go to this ball. They're just kind of checking things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, clearly Johnny's, Johnny's character is not a smooth guy with the ladies. No. He's not like totally awkward or anything but he's just very normal and he's a very decent person i noticed something on if you go back to this panel um he says something about nostalgia oh he says now don't get wrapped up in nostalgia so that you lose sight of the goal remember why we're here to meet rich girls or whatever Mm -hmm. so do you think that there's something like where we don't know about johnny's past like this is his friend talking to him saying that johnny has a tendency to get nostalgic so you think that's what it's trying to say is like you i don't know i just thought is that like a clue into who johnny is i feel like yeah i feel like johnny's a guy who never really grew out of his like love of like kind okay, of adventure. childhood adventures. Okay, maybe you know that's what I mean? probably what it is. Um, and uh, and yeah, he's he's clearly not the sort of guy who wants to go to a party to pick up on rich girls. Right, he's here to like see the museum. He wants to see the museum and hang out with like, his <laughs> childhood hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to this ball, and uh, a lot of really cool characters mm-hmm. in the background here. <laughs> um, these are just a lot of fun panels to look at. Um, so 
Johnny meets uh, the detective. The detective who's investigating the theft of this pistol, and at the same party are the two professors who stole. The pistol—they're just kind of always around. They always have sweat marks on their hands. Yeah, they're always sweating and kind of have sour expressions. And they're looking for this ramrod from this pistol that's missing. They want it for some reason. Um, so Johnny's kind of putting stuff together. He goes up. He he sees his friend hitting on these girls, and he doesn't really want to go do that. So he goes to the roof and he meets Gretchen, who good, is the basic. It's like a meet cute. What's that? It's a meet cute. What's that? Like when you have a cute meeting, I don't know. Like oh, okay. your first meeting is cute. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like the expression. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he goes out, and we meet Gretchen, who is the kind of other the other protagonist of the story, um, and she is actually the niece, right? Yes. She's the niece of Doc Fivish, mm-hmm. who um, kind of the older adventurer, and um, she's Johnny's age. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I really like Gretchen. I do too. I love Gretchen. I, I kind of have a crush on Gretchen. Well, I have a crush on Johnny, and yeah. I could see that, which I was saying, like, <laughs> it's weird to me, like, to have a crush on this weird skeleton guy. There's obviously, yeah. like, <laughs> like, he's not cute, well, but... As far as we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's really good character development that, like, you can develop a crush on somebody like that. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, and I think I think the thing I like about... The thing I like, I really like Johnny and Gretchen's relationship. Yeah. Um, and Johnny, uh, the thing, I, one thing I like about Gretchen is the way that she's drawn. Mm-hmm. She's like drawn like a normal girl. Mm-hmm. She's not like, she's not overly sexy. She's not like so curvy. You're like, okay, we get it. You're Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. But she's also not like stick. She's very like a normal super looking. Super muscular. Yeah. She looks like a person, like a yeah. normal girl. Exactly. Yeah. And she's super cute. Yeah. Um, and she's not, she's kind of, um, you can tell like her looks aren't her first priority. Right. You know yes. what I mean? Like, so she just kind of like. She just looks. Yeah. She's really cute, but yeah. she's not like, it's not, somehow he communicates that, that yeah. it's not like, like I spend a ton of time, which is the funny thing about like modern comics, superhero yeah. comics. It's like the women look so done up. <laughs> you know, and you're like. What? This is bizarre, you know. I'm like, how did you get looking like that so quickly into this crime? My goodness. Yeah. Well, I think also it's the way he dresses her. Like, mm-hmm. she wears, like, sweatshirts and jeans. Yeah. But she's not sloppy. It's She's mm-hmm. really well done. And also, yeah. I think it's her personality that yeah. is so effective. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I think that's maybe mm-hmm. why I, I like her so much is because it reminds me of when... I don't know, my feeling when I met Suzanne, because when I met Suzanne, you're kind of like, you know, I was like pulled off on this like whirlwind kind of thing (laughs) where I was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. This person is so cool. I can't believe she wants to hang out with me. That's kind of how I felt. (laughs) When you met Suzanne too. Yes, when I met Suzanne. Suzanne being my wife, in case anyone doesn't know. But yeah, and it was was one of those things where Mm -hmm. I met someone who I felt like was way cooler than I was. And yet they wanted to hang out with me. Yeah. And I kind of feel like Johnny has that thing with totally. Gretchen where it's like Gretchen clearly is way cooler than Johnny. Yeah. Um, but she, she likes him mm-hmm. and, and she's she's like a cool person in the mm-hmm. fact that she sees the that Johnny's a cool person right. too. They're like kind of immediately like both nice, yeah. interesting people who yeah. – 
who just kind of have an immediate like chemistry. Uh-huh. I guess that'd be the best way to put it. Is like they have really good chemistry. The way yeah, they're but it's not annoying chemistry no. either. And she's not like a spunky heroine. She's just a person who's <laughs> yeah. like intelligent and yeah. like nice yeah. and. Um, it's so so not contrived feeling where it's like here I am this mm-hmm. you know strong independent woman yeah. who can like stand up for yeah. myself. It's not being shoved in your face. <laughs> like she yeah. just is. Well, I do feel like that's you know at some at some point I'm not sure exactly when, but people somewhere in comics started to realize that comics didn't portray women very well. <laughs> Somewhere along the line. Maybe because they were they used to be written for, you know, and drawn eight by to twelve year old boys. Yeah, and they were drawn by men. Yeah. But they were written for little boys. Mm-hmm. And if you're writing for little boys, you're not gonna have a very mature right. perspective. I mean, so if you think about it, Superman Lois Lane and Superman for years was basically how how you hmm. know uh, in a, a ten a nine year old boy would view girls. Hmm. Think about it, she's always trying to ruin Superman's fun and catch him. Right? That's how... It's not a mature relationship, but she's always trying to be like... I'm gonna catch you, right, Superman, and right. shell. You and know, then they have really like Clark these really kid. quick romantic he, interludes. Yeah, it's over. but and she's always like, "Oh, I want you know Superman," but he's always just been like, "Oh, Lois," mm-hmm. and, sh- and showing her up, but not in a way that's like anti-woman, mm-hmm. but it well in a way that like. An eight-year-old boy is really against girls, view. you know, because <laughs> like, they're I'm like, a, I kind of like you, but I don't know how yeah, I feel. <laughs> exactly. And you want to be like, it's kind of like Calvin's gross, get rid of slimy girls, mm-hmm. how Calvin acts towards Susie. Right. But done like in Superman. Right. You know? Right. And it's the same way with like Batman where, you know, people always go like, oh, it's super weird that like Batman and Robin, these two guys mm-hmm. like living together, you know, and stuff. Right. It's like, no, it's a right. boys only club. Right. Like girls are a threat to them because there's like a no girls allowed right. sign on the back cave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And that's because who it was who it was written for. Right. You know, that's how boys felt about it. Mm-hmm. So I get like it started off like you're not gonna originally they didn't have a good perspective on girls, but as they got older, things started to get less cute, right. I feel like. Yeah. You know, and so now women were just like these when they, they were, started like, to be objectified. Yeah, become really, really objectified. Yeah. And um and I think hmm. it's it's funny because I was just reading through a modern kind of like uh, something like for for Marvel um, where they are putting out and we were cracking up over this as in the kids were reading through this where it's like here's all the new comics that are coming out for Marvel mm-hmm. and it was like for whatever reason Marvel's doing this but they're basically taking every single character they have that's a man no. and making it a girl. Why would you do that? So it's like Wolverine is now a girl. Oh my god! So and she looks so stupid. That's gross. Yeah. Wolverine is a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah, here we have it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's Thor is now a girl. Oh, um, there's now. Let's see. That's not. That's oh, that's a, a different character. Six. Okay. Let's see if I can find a shot of Wolverine here. That's such a bad idea. Okay. It's like you know all th- like. Just, well, in yeah. Thor's now, it's it's his it's his daughter or something like that, oh. you know. Um, there we go. So there's Wolverine. As, it's not Wolver- the same guy. It's Wolverina? not Logan. It's just Wolverine. That's not a girl. No, right here. Oh, oh, right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's silly. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of funny because I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it'd be even better is if we I like the Indian dude. 
if we, you know, instead of maybe just like being like, okay, now it's Thor, but a girl. It's Wolverine, <laughs> but a girl. Like, why not just create interesting original girl characters? A girl superhero. <laughs> yeah. And we don't have to be like, you know, and maybe not emphasize like mm-hmm. the most kind of Sports Illustrated swimsuit mm-hmm. issue version mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. maybe draw them. Like normal girls look. Like a person. Like a person looks. <laughs> and I know they do the same thing to guys, yeah. too. Guys look ridiculous. But yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe that's why I just find comics really repugnant now. Right. It's just that as they've matured... It's lost the fun spirit and become yeah. like this weird, like, adult, awkward, like, what are we kind yeah. of a genre, you know? Yeah. It's just not It's not a pleasant thing to read. I, I, I pick up comics now and I'm like, who likes this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and I like comics. I love comics. Right, and which is such a shame because yeah. comics are so fun to read. When but I like good. comics like 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, but this is one of those things where I feel like if you're going to, if you want to like do good girl characters, mm-hmm. this is one, like a great example of that yeah. where it's like, this is someone who's, you know, confident. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not someone who's like out like to just be like an object of the hero's affection mm-hmm. and that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're a, a well-realized character. They look like a normal person, mm-hmm. but they're interesting. They're just, they're just, they're a real person right. to you. And it, it bothers me when strength and independence and intelligence comes off as being really annoying yeah. and uh, rude. Overly aggressive. Aggressive, yeah. rude. Um, yeah. You know, those things don't make somebody strong or independent. Like, yeah. You can be strong and... Yeah. Nor- you know what I mean? Like, because I understand they're trying to, like, we don't want to have, like, these little mm-hmm. objects as superhero women. We can make them these characters who stand alone. But then they go too far the other way, like, yeah. trying to prove Well, a point. for example, it seems like the way most guys want to empower women is having a woman beat up a guy. <laughs> right. You know, and that supposed- is supposedly empowering by, like, but if you think about that, that's actually not oh. because, like, you're, you're just making the them, oh. like, be, like, compete like you're making saying that okay for a woman to be empowered she has to mm-hmm. act like a man right and go be violent yeah what it's, like, totally yeah. it's misunderstanding women completely yeah like, exactly it, it can't it can't be like well like you know it, it's just like yeah. okay like here's how a guy's gonna empower a woman i'm gonna <laughs> yes, like exactly make them really buff and go beat up a, muscles yeah and go beat up a dude <laughs> And that'll be like show that because she's a strong it's empowering woman. To Instead, yeah. it just comes off as super weird. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, what? what? You know, and they come off as really. Mm-hmm. I've just seen this a lot. If if not done well, mm-hmm. they end up just being like a caricature mm-hmm. again. You know, and you're yeah. not really even thinking and it's about just like, as offensive to women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is like something yeah. where I feel like this is someone who clearly like who has taken time to, like, think about the mm-hmm. women in their life and be like, well, wow. I what respect are the... this woman. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's why I, why I like her so mm-hmm. much is because it reminds me of, like, you know, Suzanne, some Suzanne <laughs> who is someone I admire very much, you know. Yeah. But, and it's like, well, and that's how, you know, most women are really interesting when mm-hmm. you actually talk to them, <laughs> you know. Right. And um, so anyway, that's a little bit of a, a rabbit trail. But yes, um, that's we one like of the things Gretchen. We love Gretchen. Yes. yes she's very cool. Um, she also doesn't have pupils. Oh, you notice that he never draws kinda, her with well, she pupils. Does he, oh no, she doesn't. They're all just—they're all just irises. It doesn't yeah. look weird. It's just kind of an interesting choice. 
Yeah, I love this whole thing where where Johnny like gives her his jacket because <laughs> it's getting cold. They get like really embarrassed. Yeah, and <laughs> like they always like kind of accidentally do something slightly romantic, right. and they both get embarrassed I by know, it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love it because they obviously both like each other. Yeah, but when they they're do like, something romantic, they're like, like so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> they're really embarrassed. Yeah. By it. Um, so we don't have to, you know, we have to go through super in depth. But basically, what happens is. They kind of get taken off on this whole adventure where they f- start to look for um, the ramrod clues. The ramrod clues. What they find out is that these ramrods inside these, I think, three different pistols. I think it's five, six. Is it six? Five pistols? or six. Okay. Yeah. There's, I think it's five. Yeah. There's a number of these pistols all that over belong the place. That belonged to the pirate strangler. That belonged to the pirate Bill Strangler. That have clues to hit where his treasure is. Yes, we assume. So they have to kind of go run all over the place tracing down these clues before the two evil professors mm-hmm. will get to the ramrod, right? So Johnny gets sucked into this adventure uh, with Gretchen. Both him and her are kind of – she keeps basically pulling him in. Yeah, um, it's funny because Johnny has a day job too, yeah, and she totally doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. like it seems. I think Gretchen's kind of independently wealthy. She, it seems yeah. like well, because her uncle is. Yeah, she lives she with her uncle. Lives with him, so she's not someone who has to like work for a living. And Johnny works at an auto yeah. mechanics shop. He keeps so, having to like beg for time. Off. <laughs> he keeps having to ask, which is a really funny recurring thing. I know. So she'll be like, "Let's go have fun this adventure," and he's like, "I need to ask for time off." And <laughs> he keeps getting more and more in trouble. It with helps his work. with his like plain Joe-ness, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so they go off on these different adventures. They get kidnapped. There's that shot of Tintin. Yeah, yeah. that is totally the Tintin thing. No, I know that. This is a one. side. This is a little bit of a side thing. But I always thought it was funny how easy it is to knock people out in Tintin. Right. Yeah. You just yeah. get a little nut tap on the head and yes. you're out. A tap on the head, and then also when you wake up, you're fine. Like, yeah. there's no... Like, like I, I feel like if you got knocked out from being hit on the head, like, you would probably have to go to the hospital. You'd probably have brain swelling. Yeah. I just imagine. I don't know. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty bad. Um, but it's the comics. Yeah, so they, they get kidnapped They by these... Numerous times by these two professors, mm-hmm. evil professors. Mm-hmm. Um, they always narrowly escape... Um, the, these different, you know, situations where their henchmen will be chasing them down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Tintin ploys. Like when she sneezes, Tintin oh, yeah. will sneeze a lot, like to accidentally get himself caught. Yeah. They hide in the bushes, yeah, and just as the sneezes. guys walk by, they sneeze. That's a Tintin thing. That is a very much a Tintin thing. Um, Johnny's pretty good in a fight too. He is. He, he he's he's not like a superhero, but um, he's just brave. He's brave. Yeah. yeah. I like that about him. I do too. I like this thing where she throws him the gun and drops it. I know. He goes, whoop, 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 <laughs> drops it. I love the whoop. This is a really funny comic, I should point out, mm-hmm. too. It's like, it's a lot funnier than, I mean, I don't know. Tintin's pretty funny, too. Um, it can be. It can be. But I feel like the characters are really funny in this. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very, there's a lot of good humor. And the art is funny. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's good. some well done art. Um, so they they are escaping these, uh, and we can because it, it kind of follows a lot of motifs where they narrowly mm-hmm. escape, mm-hmm. Um, get back to they'll get back to you know safety mm-hmm. and go off on another adventure. Well, they'll get mm-hmm. um, caught up with these two professors, um, and uh, and there's a lot of just fun investigation, digging yeah. through old kind castles of archives, going and, to castles, yeah, yeah. investigating old boxes of things and yeah really fun yeah exactly 
Um, <clears throat> and over the time, you know, kind of Johnny and Gretchen grow closer. And but they, st- it's like a will they, won't they? Like, yeah, you know, they like each other, but they're both really shy and like they're kind of busy. They're like friends first. Stuff. They're definitely like friends mm-hmm. first. Um, and yeah, and they're in all these kind of different adventurous situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but never overtly romantic. But never overtly romantic. Oh, this one right here, uh, the, the go back once, the yeah. pub is the exact pub from uh, Black Island. And yeah. I know that because I've read that a thousand times to Calvin. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so they, they go to a different country. And is this... Is uh, this a? Pull, it's not. It can't be a real country. I it's, think it's an. It's like the the mm-hmm. Tintin Slovenia or whatever. Slovenia is actually a real country. Not Slovenia. What is it? Slovenia. Uh, I can't remember, but it's I like, think it is because it sounds like a weird European yeah. country, but it's it's not, not the same country. But it's he he made up his it's own Pol, European country. Poldaika or something. Yeah. And do you, what? Do you know if this is a real language? I don't know. They're speaking. Gretchen can speak this cool language. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they, they go to this other country to invest, keep on investigating the lost. And they go with, which is, looks like to be kind of like the Captain Haddock mm-hmm. of, of uh, the previous event, Doc Fivish's mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, yeah, he's kind of like the sidekick. The sidekick to Doc Fivish. Mm-hmm. He's this old priest um, who's really buff looking for uh, It's a his chin. Yeah, he's, he's got a really, like a really pronounced strong chin. Unit chin. That's the thing I like about this too is like all the character design is mm-hmm. great, like really good stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Come on, the fi- the one final thing I wanted to like make point out um, here is they they ended up in this kind of European country, going into this castle to look mm-hmm. for this ramrod, and end up in a torture chamber. Yeah, where Johnny gets put he somehow puts put on, on the rack. He gets put on the rack. It's this hilarious. They get situation. like trapped down here. Yeah, they get trapped down in this torture chamber. And it's a, it cracks me up because Gretchen's like holding out and Johnny's on the rack and he like really quickly gives up, which is totally what I would he's do. He's like, ow, ow, tell them. <laughs> yeah. He's like, maybe we should just tell them. Tell them. And she's just like not giving <laughs> She's like from- not going to tell them. <laughs> and she doesn't tell no, them. she doesn't. Until they just find like the... Her notebook. Her notebook. I know. I thought that was funny too. Like she's not like, wait, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. She's letting him be tortured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that cracks me up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that exchange where she's like, I'm sorry I got you into this one. He's like, oh, it's all right. <laughs> it's like on the rack. He's being, <laughs> he's being dismembered. This would actually make probably a great movie. Mm, that would be a very fun movie. It would, I would love to see this in, in movie form. <clears throat> um, anyway, so, it, I mean, we're kind of getting to the end yeah. of, the, of where it is right now because this is a story that is um, in basically in process process um and so it's we're you know we're still looking for we still are having clues to johnny's history we don't know what his connection to bill strangler is yeah but he seems to have one it seems like it seems like he has some weird connection to bill strangler well in the the first mate like in the second dream he has three dreams a dream in the beginning of each chapter of the comic about the pirate and yeah he's having these weird dreams and they're they're obviously like historic or it feels like they're historical for some reason yeah and i think he's related to the first mate the first mate is like johnny Something bones, yeah, something like that. And I was like, maybe he's supposed to be related to the first mate. This picture of the raccoon. (laughs) Sorry, there's a picture. Johnny is scared, but a raccoon jumps out at him while he's looking through a box. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh, it's like the scariest raccoon (laughs) 
and he screams like a girl. Um, anyway, so yeah, so um, we don't know Johnny's connection, and they're still basically keep on running into these two evil professors as they look for the ramrods that are the clues to the treasure. And I'm not sure how much longer this story has. Um, I don't know. It almost feels like it's three quarters of the way done. It does. It feels like it, it's got to be getting close to wrapping this up. And I'm not sure if that's the last of of the comics or what. Um, but right now it's left off on them chasing down the two professors in a speedboat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the art is just beautiful too. On yeah. this last, it's at a sunset, and it's. I feel like the coloring is something that progressively gets better yeah. over the course of the comics. If there's one improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like the coloring is getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I eagerly look forward to every Wednesday to see the to see what's going to come out. Yeah. And um, so, as far as you know, maybe some final thoughts on this. I'd say. If you read comics, if you like Tintin, mm-hmm. this is a must read. Absolutely. I've never And it's free and it's online. I just wish there was a way to get it your hands on it. In paperback. Or yes, like in a collection. In comic form because mm-hmm. it would be so fun to read in a comic. I form. could picture this in like a big format like Tintin yeah, book. That's exactly what It'd it should be. be. Absolutely yeah. perfect. I I wonder if it I mean I feel like if you have the comic, it shouldn't be hard to get it published. Maybe right. I know nothing about. I feel you know, like that. You just get it printed up. Like even yeah. if you're not going to get it like majorly published, you know. This is a this is something I'd want in my bookshelf. I would buy I'd, it. I'd have multiple copies. Yeah, I'd buy it for my friends. Yeah, yeah, because it's something that I I would read this absolutely read this to yeah. the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we read, Calvin would love this. Yeah, we read Tintin. You know, we've read I think. Not all the Tintins, but we've read many of the Tintins. All the good ones, at least. Yeah. Um, and this would be a blast to read. But it's it's just, it's a comic that I feel like, there are so many comics out there today. Mm-hmm. There's, if you're just counting in print, there's tons. But there's also tons of online comics. Yeah. And like, some of them are really good. Some of them are, you know, not so good, like we've discussed. Yeah. And then there are those by Rob Liefeld. Uh, you know, we should talk about Rob Field sometimes. <laughs> but then there's some who are really bad, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, yeah, because anything can go on the internet, yeah. you know. But it's, it's hardly hard. any that are like this. Because they're so high quality. Like, yeah. And like we've said, the art throughout is just like on point. Yeah. It's really high quality for someone to be putting online for free, not making any money. Yeah. So yeah. Obviously, he has like a very high standard for but his work. But it's just, there's such a... Uh, a gap to in today's you know in the world of comics today of just stories that are kind of pure adventures mm-hmm. um, and they used to be so common right know, like that was what comics were yeah like my you know like Terry and the Pirates mm-hmm. Captain Easy um, you know just Tintin you know mm-hmm. all these comics and some of them were great some were you know not so right. good but they were all adventures they yeah. all you'd all read them and you'd be like wow this is a lot of fun yeah. Um, it's a mystery, and you're following clues, yeah, and it's like you exactly. Know, and it's and it's funny because the heroes are really lucky, and it's you know like, I don't know why we've decided that comics have to be this so dark and grim today. Because <laughs> if you think about it, like when those when those when comics were that way, it's not like you know I think we have this weird idea that oh the world was a more innocent place. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a horrible yeah. place. Like. You had World War II. Mm-hmm. You had Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You had 
horrible things, like things that I pray we will never have right. to encounter in our yeah. lifetimes going yeah. on. And yet, like, the stories we told were so much more mm. joyful. And, and today, and, yeah. you'd think, you know, today it's like, Maybe we haven't suffered enough that we have to make our comics gloomy. <laughs> Read the news, you're depressed. Here's a depressing comic. Yeah, I, I don't get it. but um, well, I think that people think it's like, I don't know, what maybe what adults would be interested. Like adults don't want to read an adventure story. Adults want to read... I, I don't know, something really depressing. <laughs> something that, yeah. It doesn't really make sense, but maybe that's the line of thought. I don't know. I don't know. I think it gets back to this whole thing, like when we were talking about with Batman versus Super, Batman v Superman. Oh, yes. Um, that the idea that for us to take our comics seriously, mm-hmm. they have to be serious. Right, right. You know, and I think that's a huge mistake. Right. Um, that... That you can write a fun adventure story that takes that is serious at the same time, and you take it seriously because the yeah. characters are real characters, yeah, and the art is good and the story is compelling. Yeah. So even though it's fun and in you know obviously unrealistic, it's still easy to yeah. like take it seriously and just really get into the story. Yeah, I guess that's it. It's that there's like a lot of thought and and skill mm-hmm. um, and creativity has gone into uh, Johnny Crossbones and, you know, in the stories like it that mm-hmm. clearly inspired it. Um, you know, that took a lot of skill and talent and they are, you know, artistically they have merit, mm-hmm. you know, they're well done. Mm-hmm. And just because you make something grim yes, and, and gritty. violent yeah. and gritty and, Somehow modern yeah. doesn't mean it's you're being you're good, right? It, it's almost or it should be taken seriously, it, or it, or it's a good, it's well done. Right. I feel like that's like they feel. I feel like that's kind of a major mistake that a lot of people made is they felt like well by by killing off these characters <laughs> by showing lots of blood and making mm-hmm. this really dark, we're automatically doing serious work now. Right. Like and we it's want, gonna be it's we gonna will be, be taken valued. seriously. This is a valuable thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm not just telling stories for kids anymore. Yeah. We're but the best stories are the ones for kids. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. I don't know. I mean you know, I, I think of, you know, the stories that I love are are those stories from childhood that never kind of leave mm-hmm. you. You know, and, and Disney yeah. movies. I mean Yeah. Some amazing stories that are Yeah. That are, I mean, Beauty and the Beast. It's like that's something you watch and you still cry. And like Pixar's got that going, where it's like, yeah, these are children's stories. They're not resorting to like violence or sex or things yeah. like that to make you interested. But ever, of course, everyone knows adults love Pixar. Yeah, like, you know? oh, totally. And it's because they're adventure stories. Yeah, you know. And I feel like there's a little bit, you know, when you change something, you get a little bit of shock value out of it, so it feels like, whoa, this is right. new, this is bold. Yeah. But that is so. I mean, that happened in the '80s with comics. Right. I mean, you know, that was you know almost 40 years ago now. <laughs> so can we move on? Past let's be that? shocked by its simple. Yeah, let's be shocked by something else <laughs> yeah. that. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's the thing is that it's not, you know, for, for a lot of the, the artists out there today or the, whoever's making these stories, um, you know, you, I, I get why if you read like your typical maybe 
Superman comic from the 50s, you find it embarrassing. They're dated. They're dated. <laughs> and, and a lot of the stories weren't any better than the stuff nowadays. Yeah. But it was less offensively bad, I think, because it was so clearly a cheap story for kids. And they were stupid, yeah. but they were stupid in kind of like, a, okay, this is a stupid story. Right. And there's, they're a little bit charming in that way. When they reached high, but but there was great moments in those stories at yeah. the same time. You had great comics in there, and um, and I feel like you know the talent hasn't really gotten much better right. as far as like at least what makes it to print that I see. Um, but it's uh, it's just because it's more grim. It's just less charming <laughs> when it's when it's poorly done. Yeah. Um, but it's it's I love it when I when I find you know people who who are who are like kind of looking a little bit you know looking into the history of comics past mm-hmm. Frank Miller mm-hmm. in the Dark Knight mm-hmm. you know and all mm-hmm. that stuff into and, and taking like what was great mm-hmm. you know what really worked before then and what was you know awesome then mm-hmm. and and kind of telling new stories with it mm-hmm. so. That's my spiel for Johnny Cross. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. And it's so fun. Mm-hmm. So fun. So much fun. So well written. I think, you know, I I, I really hope uh, Les McLean gets more opportunities to write and I draw know. a comic. I know, because he's more of an illustrator, right, than a writer. From what I can tell, yeah. Which, I think he's written some other... He wrote... Okay, so this is one other Les McLean thing. And this is um, definitely... Uh, the only other thing I've read by him is like a short comic he did mm-hmm. um, that was definitely not it was drawn in a similar way to Johnny Crossbones but it was more like R-rated I guess uh-huh, you could say uh-huh. I mean it, it wasn't super it wasn't it wasn't anything really explicit except it was super creepy mm-hmm. it's kind of like H.P. Lovecraft have you ever read mm-hmm. anything by him no it was like a horror kind of That's occult cool. yeah, thing. Yeah, creepy. Okay. Really cool. Really well drawn, though, but really creepy. Mm-hmm. We were like, ooh, this is taking a turn that I did not expect. We will not be reading this to our kids. Yeah, this will not be read to the kids. But that was the only other thing I read. I was like, wow, that was really well written. That was really cool, and the illustrations were awesome. So yeah. I'm like, man. It's just interesting to see someone who can obviously really write dialogue well yeah. and is telling a really good story. And I just, I wonder, like... I guess he's using his illustration, illustrative talents as his, yeah. you know, bread and butter. Yeah. But he's really good at everything. So, yeah. well, yeah. So I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's definitely inspiring. It is. You know? I think the things when I look at it, you know, it's it's funny as you as you start drawing and as you start you know as you start trying to draw, you kind of appreciate certain things. I think more. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I really notice about him is his his character design is really really good. Right. Um, like each character has a really unique but good look to and it. And consistent. Everyone's yeah. consistent. Nobody looks like they're in a different universe, yeah. but they all look very different. Mm-hmm. And then and then the character themselves are consistent. Nobody's yeah. face ever like morphs into exactly. something else. Or you yeah. Know. And he draws really good action. Yeah. He like knows how to stage a scene really well. He does. Really good, um, you know. It's just, it's just. It's always clear what's going on. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes when you read a comic, you're like, "What? Yeah. Is, a, is that person moving? Like, yeah. what is happening?" There's just so many things that you. This guy is amazingly talented. Yeah, this. It's just. It's like, and I wonder if that's why it's taken so long to come out because it, mm-hmm. this is not. This is not like 
easy <laughs> to not do like this. he's like sketching this and then, yeah. yeah anyway but um yeah, go read it. Go read it. I mean, Johnny Crossbones. And the, the one thing to point out is Johnny is spelled J-O-N, not J-H-O-N. Mm-hmm. Um, but johnnycrossbones.com, uh, Les McLean. And, uh, yeah, do whatever you can to support it because it's it's something that should be read widely. <clears throat> yes, it should. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Yeah. Roz, do you have anything else that's on your no, mind? So. It's nice to talk about something simple after our whole Star Wars Attack of the Clones marathon. I was think I was listening to Star Wars Minute on the way over here and yeah. like thinking about I'm really glad we're not talking about Star Wars in a way. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, I mean, so those episodes are I, have, I love doing them, but they are so time consuming to edit. Yeah, that's, that's the hard part because it's like they're like my prequel trilogy. <laughs> 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 it's like I have to like get all wrapped. Well, you up have to them. like listen. Get to the right spot in the movie, and yeah. then I can't imagine. It takes hours and yeah. hours to get those out. So I love just where we can just talk about, yeah. you know, something and not have to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. what. Do you have anything you want to do next? Anything that you've been reading lately that um, would be fun to talk about next time? I can't think of I had something, and now I've forgotten what it was. Hmm. You know what I was thinking would be fun to do? Because it's a franchise that I feel like could not be more cold. Um, but I would like... It'd be fun to talk about The Matrix. Oh, yeah. We've talked about... Because that was a yeah. movie I... Yeah. We, we talked about it recently. I was like, I could talk about The Matrix for an episode. Yeah. I feel like. And it'd be interesting because... Man, when that came out late nineties. So here's my Matrix story. I We saw it in theaters with Steve Bozzo, I think. Uh, and, yeah. Um, and then... What happened? I remember getting embittered, embittered toward it for some reason. Did it come out at the same time as Lord of the Rings? No, but the sequels might have. Yeah, I think the sequels did. Yeah, I guess. Are you sure? It may have been 1999. I think it, it was 98. 98. Oh, okay. Never yeah. mind. I can't remember why, but I mean, I remember loving the first one. I was obviously very young, yeah. but... It's one of those things... That, that was a franchise that I was super enthusiastic yeah. for that... Um, I, the sequels and the associ- everything that came out after the first movie completely killed my love <laughs> to the point where I didn't even want to watch the first movie again. It's weird how that it ruined the first movie. Like, it did because it builds up to all this cool stuff that yeah. you're like really excited, and then the stuff that you were looking forward to just is so bad. Yeah, that you realize the first one was a sham. Too. But where I'd almost like to talk about it is a little bit. I feel like. As I've as I've grown and gotten you know more interested in things like philosophy mm-hmm. and theology, I feel like there was certain like interesting like philosophical things that they were doing in mm-hmm. that. Um, that I mean, there was a million books like the Gospel according to the Matrix, oh you know, and stupid stuff like that, <laughs> right. you know. And and the more I re- think about it, the more I'm like, eh, these guys were like not the philosophers they thought they were. Right. They you just know, like did these quick little ideas. Yeah, to it's make like people, they took a whoa. they took like a, a class in modern philosophy mm-hmm. and like it's like I'm gonna write a screenplay about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it would be interesting to talk about it from a yeah. you know kind of philosophical point of view. Yeah, um, I'd like to watch it again. Yeah, it's as because an adult. I literally have not seen anything related to the Matrix since the last one came out. And I was like, I walked yeah. out of the theater and I was like, well. That's it. <laughs> no more Matrix. I didn't see the sequels. I yeah. think I wasn't allowed to see the second one. Oh, 
<laughs> for I obvious can remember reasons. why. Yes. Uh, and then by the time the awkward. third one came out, I don't think I cared, even if I had been allowed to. But I remember the first one, like, it kind of blew everyone's mind, you know? Yeah, it was really revolutionary at the time. Yeah. But yeah. now I think it might be really dated. <laughs> if they made a Matrix today, I wonder would everyone be dressed like hipsters in the Matrix? <laughs> because like back then it was really cool to wear black leather. Right, and like kinda like big sweaters. Very gothy. Maybe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the that was what the be, look in the yeah. late nineties. Huh? Yeah, everyone like kinda dressed like, like that. Like like a big trench coat. Yeah, and, kinda and, black. And like the big boots. Yeah. But would everyone have like, they have, like handlebar <laughs> Like skinny jeans and flannel. <laughs> and like really cool like mohawky man buns. Man buns. <laughs> the hipster Matrix. Now I want to see that movie yet. We should do the Matrix next. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for now. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back when we're back. Yeah. I think we owe a lot to that cat. Hey. You're looking at that. Right on it, cat. Culture Zoo is a production of One Drawing a Day. You can learn more about Culture Zoo and One Drawing a Day and all sorts of other things at onedrawingaday.wordpress.com. You can follow Culture Zoo for regular updates on geeky stuff at Podcast on Twitter. If you want to buy amazing t-shirts featuring our podcast logo, among other things, you can purchase them at store.culturezoo.com. <laughs>